I have known for a few weeks that I would preach today. And so immediately when I got that assignment, I checked the date and I found out it's the day after Christmas. So the logical question is, after Christmas, what's next? And when I ask that question, I hope you're not immediately saying, cleaning up the clutter. Or, I'm finally going to get to rest. I at least had one set of grandparents here already this morning say, we enjoyed them, but we're sure glad they're going home. <laughs> some of you may be desiring that rest. For some, you might say, well, I wish you wouldn't bring it up because my holiday's over. I got to go back to work for the rest of the year. Maybe that's your thought after Christmas, what's next? Should I even say it? After Christmas, what next? Diet? I heard some omaze, I didn't hear any amen. So. <laughs> to confirm that I needed to bring this message today, just yesterday on Facebook, and I find some good stuff on Facebook. I know there's some not so good stuff there, but I find some good stuff there along the way. I found this thought that kind of confirmed what I wanted to share with you today. If your Christmas this year emphasized and paid attention only to the gifts and the presents, then after Christmas for you is decay, decay and depreciation, decline. Things are going to fade and go away in their value and in their meaning. If you focus this year on Christmas, on the gathering of friends and family, whatever gathering there might be, if that's your focus, then after Christmas, you're headed for some loneliness, some separation, maybe even some depression. If after Christmas or for Christmas, you focused on the glitter, the tree and the decorations and the yards and all of the uh, trappings of the Christmas season, then I hate to tell you, but sooner or later, people are going to take all that down. You're going to take all yours down. Things are going to go back to normal. You're going back to a routine, and life's going to become very average. And that's not really an exciting thing to think about. But if your Christmas focused on Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, there's no depreciation. There's no going away. There's no fading out. There's no lessening or shrinking of the joy and the exhilaration and the meaning and the beauty and the power. Nothing wrong with the gifts and the gatherings and the glitter, but it's Jesus' birthday. And our focus should have been and needs to be even now on the meaning, the true meaning of that Christmas celebration. So after Christmas, what then? The best news possible is ours. And it's for all. It's for all time. Nothing can diminish it or take it away from us. We need to keep that in mind. For our scripture today, if you have your Bible or take a Bible from the pew there, however you choose to do it, uh, I'm catching up with the 21st century. You may need to take out your device, okay? Whichever helps you. And this is going to be on the screens as well, but Luke chapter 2, verses 17 through 20 is where we're going to look today using the King James Version. Our pastor was there last week, but his emphasis was on leading up to Christmas and on the experience, the song of the angels and the message that uh, uh, he brought to us then. But I want to use those verses today, and as we read them in just a moment, I want to pause along the way and just point out to you some things with this question in mind. After Christmas... 
what then? We'll be reading in particular about uh, the angels and about the shepherds and about Mary. Not all of the characters of the Christmas story, but enough of them for us to kind of get the idea, I think, of what it was after Christmas, after they came to the manger, after the Christ child was born, after uh, uh, they'd experienced that holy night, and it was time to return for the wise men, return for the shepherds, uh, obey the instructions of the uh, angel for Joseph and Mary. After Christmas, what then for them? But then I want to share with us today some thoughts after we've thought about that of what it means for us, what we have today and what is to be true for us today following Christmas of 2021. I'll ask you if you would to stand with me as we look at Luke chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. And again, give some attention as I point out some things here in these verses. When they had seen it, this is the shepherds, they made known. After Christmas, something was told, something was shared, something was expressed and proclaimed by those shepherds. They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. After Christmas, make known. And all they that heard it, again, after Christmas with the message, the voice of the shepherds, they wondered at those things. Their attention was fixed at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, after Christmas, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. From the sharing and the declaration uh, to the reception of the message to the pondering and the meditation of the truth of the message. And then continuing with the shepherds, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. After the manger, after Bethlehem, after they had been told and after they had seen and experienced Christmas, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Please be seated. I think this is a good sampling. We could have turned to Matthew's gospel and read some more of what the wise men did after uh, Christmas. We could even look at the negative side. What did Herod the king do after Christmas? Uh, if you want to imagine or plug into your story, the innkeeper that we think didn't exist because probably even an inn didn't exist as our pastors expressed it to us. But even if there were someone kind of in charge of that stable where the Christ child was born, what about after Christmas for them? So there's, there are many characters for us to consider. Uh, I tried to uh, number them off, and of course you can come up with 12 or 15 individuals, but then you've got uh, a host of angels, a multitude of angels, the scriptures tell us. So how do you uh, enumerate that? How do you count that number? That's more than we can count. And we really don't know how many shepherds there were. We're not even sure that there were three wise men. May have been more than that. The three represented by the three gifts that they brought. So maybe we're talking about dozens, hundreds, thousands, just multitudes of people having experienced Christmas, people and beings having experienced Christmas. But what then? Well, the story here in Luke tells us there was a sharing there was a wondering, there was a praising and a worshiping. 
And there's other things we could consider. The wise men uh, had to make a choice. Do we do what Herod asked us to do, or do we do what the angels told us to do? Joseph had to make a choice. Do I take Mary and the baby back to Nazareth, or do I go to Egypt, where the angel has told me to go? So, uh, so many characters, so many aspects of it involved. I hope you'll have all that in mind. I'm not going to go back through and list all of those again. I simply want us to apply that to our lives now today. I want to mention uh, a number of things. You may want to write them down. You have some space there in your bulletin, I think, or you may have another uh, way to do that. But you may want to try to remember these things uh, to help us think about what to do after Christmas. After Christmas, what's next? What then? And this is not a New Year's sermon. This is not a sermon concerning New Year's resolutions, but I think what I'm about to share are good things for us to have in focus and in view uh, at the top of our minds as we approach a new calendar year, as we approach the uh, restart of things and the, the beginning again of our uh, activities that will happen in 2022. These things are going to be very important for us to have. And I'm going to couch all of this with this phrase, we have... And here's the first one. We have good news. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The angels told that to the shepherds. Well, it was good news for them, and it's good news for us today as well. We have good news. And what is that good news? Well, God loved us and sent his son is the uh, way the Bible expresses it and the way to kind of boil it down. We have the good news that there's a God in heaven who has a loving heart He's turned favorably and in a loving way toward humanity in spite of our sins, in spite of our rebellion against him, in spite of our shortcomings. He is favorably turned toward us in love, and he's provided a way where we, whereby we may overcome our sin problem and come back into a right relationship with him. That's good news, and that's the good news that we have. When we leave here today, even though we'll put up the Christmas tree and the decorations and return to somewhat a normal uh, routine of life, it doesn't change the fact that there's good news. The God in heaven knows us, loves us, cares about us, and is involved with us. Let me say just another word about that, though. That God in heaven who knows us and loves us also is the sovereign, almighty God. He knows all that's taking place. We have lived in those, and we've about worn the word out, but unprecedented times. We're living in them still, but nothing's unprecedented to God. You need to remember that. You need to take that with you into a new year. God has not been overwhelmed, surprised, taken aback, uh, challenged in any way by what has happened in the world, what's happening now, what may happen in the future. We have good news. God loves us. He's made provision for us. And he's in charge. And nothing's going to happen outside of his control and outside of his plan uh, for the world and his plan for us. So what, to, what about after Christmas? We have good news. We also have a message. Our scripture today uh, from Luke tells us that the uh, shepherds went about telling what they had seen and heard. They made known, is the way the King James expresses it, uh, made known what they have seen and heard. Why should it be any different for us 20 centuries later, 21 centuries later, as we move into 2022? We have seen and heard and experienced Jesus. Prayerfully, it wasn't for us just gifts and gatherings and glitter, but hopefully it was for us truly the meaning and the message of Christmas and the reality of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he can do for us and what he can do for this world. Hopefully, that's the message we have as we go 
uh, forth into the new year. And we've seen it, we've experienced it, and we have the privilege to make it known. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering is one way to make it known through the International Mission Board. Several of us have committed to make it known through a Tuesday night outreach program, visitation program, and others of us perhaps are going to join in that as we move into it beginning the first Tuesday of 2022 and move forward reaching out to the newcomers of our community. But those are ways to make it known. So specific encounters and efforts to reach people is the privilege that we have and the message that we have to share. But let me express it in another way as well. Jesus said that those who follow him are the salt of the earth. Salt flavors. Salt preserves. Salt works quietly, subtly, but very powerfully and definitely to influence its environment and to influence its surroundings. I think that's the way you and I need to plan to leave Christmas and move into a new year with a message on our lips, but also a message in our mind and in our hearts and on our feet that demonstrates, not only proclaims, but demonstrates to the world and the, the world in which we live in the community where we've been planted and where we're assigned, that demonstrates to them there's good news. And that good news involves a God in heaven who sent his son Jesus Christ as the savior of the world. We have good news and we have a message to share to make known what we personally know as the shepherds did. We saw it, we heard it from the angels. We saw it there in Bethlehem uh, in the manger with our own eyes. We've experienced it for ourselves. We're gonna go and make known what we've personally experienced. Every one of us in this room today, if we're a believer, have an experience with Jesus Christ. We have something to make known to our family, make known to our neighbors, make known to our community, make known to this world in any and every way possible. We have good news. We have a message that we personally have experienced and can personally express through our own lives. Thirdly, we also have an assignment. The same Jesus that laid there in Bethlehem's manger we find him later in the scripture at 12 years of age, uh, pursuing God's plan and purpose for him as the savior of the world. And then we find him again later in the scripture at age 30, beginning a public ministry with his baptism and the calling of his disciples, the temptation experience and all of the things the New Testament records for us concerning Jesus. And that Jesus also who was born in Bethlehem ended up on a cruel cross, died a substitutionary death for you and I, was buried and rose again the third day. But that assignment that Jesus gave us, he gave it throughout his life and throughout his ministry, but in particular, he gave it to us at the end of his ministry. If you've never done this, I wanna encourage you sometime to do it. I won't take the time to give you all of it today, but I'll tell you where to find it. Go to all four gospels near the end of each of the four gospels. Uh, the one I wanna reference in particular just now is the very end of Matthew chapter 28, the very end of the gospel of Matthew, Jesus' assignment to us. But you also find it in Mark, and I'm gonna reference that a little bit later. And then you find it in John. Some of us are studying John on Wednesday nights, uh, and uh, we're about to come to that place where Jesus looked at his disciples as he gathered with them in his resurrected body, his victorious, eternal body and presence, and said to those disciples, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. That's an assignment. 
That's my assignment, and that's your assignment at Christmas, and because of Christmas, and after Christmas, to be sent into the world even as Jesus was sent. Luke's gospel simply says, and you are witnesses of these things, and you can find that near the end of Luke's gospel. And then there's one other place, five times in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and it's at the beginning of Acts, as Luke records for us in the beginning of Acts, Jesus Uh, Final words to his disciples and his ascension into heaven. Just before Jesus departed to go back to the right hand of the Father, he said, not only you are witnesses of these things, but he says, you shall be witnesses unto me. Start right where you are in Jerusalem. Move out to Samaria, then to Judea, and then don't stop till you have uh, carried the message concerning the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ and God's love for the world. Don't stop till you've carried it to the ends of the earth. So... Christmas is over. What do we do after Christmas? We have good news. And we're living under the umbrella and uh, and under the uh, dominion of the truth of that good news. No matter what goes on in the world, we have good news and we have hope. We have a message, that which we have personally experienced, seen and heard for ourselves. And we have an assignment from the lips of Jesus. And in the Matthew's gospel, let me just uh, remind us of how he says it there. We all know it from memory. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore. Don't ever forget to ask the question when you study the Bible, especially out of the King James, what's the therefore, therefore? And in this case, the therefore is there to tell us that because Jesus has the power, that power is now available to us to operate in his power, going in his power, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Our assignment is not to just come and honor Christ at his birth and thank God for his birth and to celebrate his birthday. That's certainly a wonderful worship experience. It bolsters our faith. It encourages us. It excites us. It's meaningful and it's good. But the babe who laid in the manger did not leave the world till he told you and I to be witnesses to me. Be sent as I am sent. And go ye therefore to the ends of the earth. Our assignment is to go. I like to express it this way. Go to the ends of the earth till the end of life, till the end of time. I think that's the summary of what Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 28, verses 17 through 20. To the ends of the earth, to the end of life, no retirement from this assignment, to the end of life. But there is a deadline, and I'll talk about that again in a moment, but that deadline is there is coming an end of time. We sang about it this morning. Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he does, this world as we know it will be drawn to a conclusion and he will begin to exert his influence and his final plans for this world and for humanity uh, in those moments. And I'm not here today to preach on the end times and the the, uh, um, message of Christ's return, but just to remind us there is a deadline out there. And again, I'll say more about that in a moment. But until the end of life, to the ends of the earth and until Jesus comes again, until the end of time as we know it. We have an assignment and we do have a deadline. 
Very similarly, we could say our deadline is that we have the opportunity to carry that message of the good news that is available to us that we've personally experienced. We have the opportunity to carry that uh, to the end of our lives, till the end of time, but also until we have no more opportunity and until those that, to whom we're sent have no more ability. Let me remind us today, and I don't want to put a damper or a negative tone, but I can't overlook what the Bible says. God has plainly said, my spirit will not always strive with man. We have a deadline. Only so much time we have, only so much time those in need have, and also God says there comes a point out there where my spirit will be withdrawn and withheld and my spirit will not always strive with man. So after Christmas, good news, but after Christmas an assignment and a deadline. But back to some more encouraging words. After Christmas, what then? We just read it in uh, Matthew chapter 28. We have a promise. Jesus' promise is you don't have to do this in your strength. You can do it in mine because all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now you go in that power. So we have the promise that he uh, will empower us and enable us, but we also have his promise, I'll be with you. Lo, I will be with you even till the end of the world, even till the end of the age. As long as you go, I'll be with you. As far as you go, I'll be with you. And until God sends me back from heaven to wrap things up on earth, I'll be with you. That's his promise. Many of you know a couple of my favorite verses are also promises that he's given to us, and so I'll just throw them in here at this point. We have an assignment, we have a task, we have a responsibility after Christmas, but we also have the promise that the Apostle Paul stated in Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ, through that power, through that authority. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And if that's not enough, in the same chapter, Paul went on to say, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, again, through the power, through the authority by Christ Jesus. We have the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. He'll never send us anywhere that he won't go with us, and he'll never ask us to do anything that he won't give us the ability to do. After Christmas, it's more than cleaning up the house, going on a diet. It's more than uh, uh, sending off the family and kind of getting a little rest and a reprieve. It's more than going back to work. It's more than turning the calendar uh, onto a, 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 the new year. After Christmas, Mary pondered and she and Joseph obeyed. The shepherds experienced and then went to tell and to praise and to glorify God. The wise men made the all-important choice. Don't go back and uh, meet with Herod and do what Herod has asked you to do. Go back another way, but go back telling the story of what you yourselves have seen and heard. And it has not changed in 20 plus centuries. After Christmas 2021 for us, we have an assignment we have a deadline, we have a promise. We also have a warning, and I'll just give you that very quickly. I mentioned Mark's statement of the Great Commission. Let me just read it to you if you'd hear it from me. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Jesus said unto them, go ye into all the world, 
but he that believed, excuse me, and preached the gospel to every creature. Same thing he said in Matthew. But then here's what Mark gives us that helps us understand there's a warning. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. If we don't leave Christmas with the good news, with our message, our personal experience, under our assignment, with his promise and in his power, then there are those who will be damned, who do not have the opportunity and do not respond to the saving message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that may be the saddest and the most somber word I share with us today, but it's not my word, it's the words of Jesus. If you go, some will believe and be saved. If you go, some will refuse to believe and be damned. The old preachers in the past have said it, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. And that's the warning that we have. But our responsibility is not to determine who makes that decision for Jesus Christ, who believes or not, who goes to heaven or who's damned. Our responsibility is to go like those shepherds went, like those wise men went, like Mary and Joseph went, like all of the uh, uh, angels uh, left to continue to proclaim, to worship, to honor, and to point the world to Jesus Christ. We have that warning. And I close this morning with these words, we have a choice. The wise men had a choice. That night when the angel appeared to Joseph and said, don't go back to Nazareth and don't stay where you are. Leave Judea, leave Bethlehem, go to Egypt. Joseph and Mary had to make a choice. This soon after childbirth, uh, this soon after we've traveled as far as we have to make another journey to a place where we've never been, they had to make a choice. You and I have choices to make today as well, right here in this room. Christmas 2021 has gone. Somebody told me a minute ago, we still got another party to go to today. Well, I'm sure uh, my wife and I are going to get to see our son later this week. So some of us will continue some of the Christmas celebration for uh, a few more days, maybe even a few more weeks. But basically, the time to honor and recognize the birth of Jesus Christ has come and gone. And now the question is, after Christmas, what am I going to do? What's next? I have the powerful example of shepherds, of wise men, the parents of Jesus, of the angels, all the characters of the Christmas story. What did they do? And that's the same challenge that I have and the same choice I have to make. What will I do not only with Jesus, but what will I do for Jesus? Those of us who are members of this church, those of us who are believers, those of you who watch by live stream, who are members of this church here at Pelham, or who are maybe perhaps members of another church somewhere else, you have the choice. I'll either go into the new year, I'll go into the future with a determination to make known what Christ has done for me to the end of my life or till the end of time. But we can choose to do it or fail to do it. We can live our lives in such a way that even if we were to give a witness and a testimony, our life denies it. Our life uh, turns people away from our message. We've got to make the decision today as believers to go and tell, to go and make known who Christ is, why he's come, what he will do, and what he's done for us. We have to make that choice or else refuse to do so. And then the consequences are ours and the responsibility becomes ours. We have the choice 
to share. We have the choice to obey the Lord. He didn't uh, say, think about it and pray about it and decide what you want to do. He said, you go and make disciples of all nations. You shall be witnesses unto me, starting right where you are, but continuing to the end of the age until the end of time. Go to the end of the world and to, to, the, uh, to every, every nation, every person. We have the choice of whether we will share and whether we will obey. And as I speak today, there's some, you have a choice too, and that choice is to believe that God really did come in the flesh at Bethlehem that he really is the savior of the world, that he really did live a sinless life. He really died in your place on the cross. He really did rise from the dead. And he really does say unto you, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's some of us here today and some by live stream who need to make the choice. What will I do with Jesus? Christmas is what Jesus has done for us the Christmas story and the continuation of the life of Jesus, that's what he's done for us. But our first decision, the most important decision of all is what will I do with Jesus Christ? And once I know him as Savior and Lord, then will I share him? Will I obey him to the end of the age, to the end of my ability, until he comes carrying his message to the end of the world? What will you do today? You have a choice to make. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Our musicians are going to come. As they're singing, I'll be standing here at the front. If you need to make a decision today publicly for Christ, for church membership, or to just come here to this altar and, and seal and settle some things with the Lord uh, before you leave today and before you uh, leave the, the shadow of Christmas and begin to enter into a new year, before you do that, if you you need to come and take care of some business with the Lord here at the front. We invite you to do so. Would you stand with me and let me lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we're thankful for the Christmas story and the Christmas message. Thankful for all of the glitter and the excitement and the wonder and the beauty. But Lord, help us to realize the story did not end at Bethlehem. It did not end with a birth or a manger. For Jesus, it continued to sacrifice, to victory over death, and to the right hand of the Father. And for those angels, it didn't end with Bethlehem's manger. It did not end for uh, Joseph and Mary, for the wise men or the shepherds. They went forth, and because they went forth and told what they knew and had experienced concerning Jesus, it's been passed from one generation to the next, one nation to the next, one uh, century to the next, until in this very moment, many of us here today know and celebrate Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Help us to realize that that story needs to continue. That's his instruction. That's his assignment. Help us to commit ourselves to that today. Father, for those who uh, have never trusted Jesus, may the Holy Spirit bring them to conviction and give them the measure of faith they need to respond today, whether at home or here in this room, respond today and make Jesus Christ Savior and Lord. In his name I pray. Amen.